0: This is May 17th. I'm going to preach a message this morning that the Lord gave me on May 15th, but it was May 15th, 2011, nine years ago. When God began to speak to me about what he wanted to do in my life, I imagined all kinds of things. I'd gone into prayer for about two, two and a half years, starting around late 2008 on into 2009, and I had continued to pray and seek God because as God began to deal with me after I had been retired for several years, He dealt with me based on doing something with the rest of my life, using it for God. I committed myself to the Lord many years before that and wanted to do what God led me to do for my lifetime. And then I just stopped, and I spent several years in retirement, and I began to feel that God wanted me to do something else. But more importantly, I wanted to do something else. It had to be in me with my motivation before God could get hold of me, I believe. Well, he gave me that stirring that, that that moving inside that said, I've got to do something besides just sit here and spend the rest of my life not doing anything for God. Now, if you're retired and living in comfort, I applaud you. I'm not, I'm not challenging you nor criticizing you if you're in that place. I'm just simply talking this morning about my experience with God that I feel like I need to share with you again. After preaching this message, all those... Years ago, God started soaring it in my heart the first of this year that on this day, May 17th, I should preach this message again. Two days ago was the anniversary of the time that the Lord told me this. And I didn't realize the real impact of it. I didn't, I'll get into that as I deliver this message to you. I want to tell you how God brought me to that place. I want to share with you so you will know Why it was so meaningful when God spoke to me that morning. And as I do that, I think that you will see that there has been a work, a powerful work of the Holy Spirit that has gone on, not just for me personally, but for this church. And out of the moving and the stirring and the reviving spirit of the Lord, God has raised this church up to make an impact on this generation. I know that I feel it with all my heart. So when I talk today about saying the Lord spoke to me, I want to just clarify this one time in the beginning. I'm not saying that God sent an angel down to talk personally and have a conversation with me. I'm not even saying that I heard a voice out of the sky. But I do believe that God speaks to people who seek Him today. I believe if you seek God earnestly about anything God will communicate with you about it. He will let you know what He wants you to know about what you're asking Him for, what you're praying for. So, for those people who don't know a spiritual life and don't understand that, I'll just ask you to accept it, or you can just think about it and decide what you want to about it. I'm going to tell you that God spoke to me about some things, and the things He spoke to me about, He's done. So the only way I knew that they were coming was I prayed for them and believed God for them, and He said He was going to do it, and He did so I rejoice in that and I believe it's a cause of rejoicing I'm still praying today for things that I want God to do and I'm praying that God will speak to me about things he wants me to do there are many many nights I go to bed and I I say Lord I'm ready to hear from you I pray every day for God to speak to me in dreams and visions he rarely does I pray for him to speak to me in spiritual revelations sometimes he does Not every day. And I also pray for God to speak to me in angelic visitations. And if he does that, I don't know it. I'm still praying that he will. I believe there are angels that are among us. The Bible says they're all around us. And I believe that sometimes they're there and we don't know who they are. So you can say I'm as far out in the ether world as you want to. But I do have a relationship with God. And I believe I know when God's speaking to me. When I doubt it, he always comes and makes me known, this is what I said. So having told you that, let me launch into this. Those earlier years, before I even thought about Orange Park Assembly, before I thought about any church, I began to pray that God will put me where he wanted me to be for the rest of my life and give me a ministry that I could glorify him and win people to Jesus and build the body of Christ. And as I prayed, God began to deal with me. He dealt with me a lot of things that had nothing to do with this church or had nothing to do with anything that you'd actually be concerned about or interested in. But He dealt with me about things in my life to get me where He wanted me to be so He could speak to me and put me where He wanted me to be. When I first started really earnestly praying, I went up to my prayer place and I prayed in the mornings and I went up and I prayed in my prayer place in the evenings. I didn't set a time. I just prayed until I felt like I'd prayed out enough in the mornings. In the evenings, I'd pray until I just didn't have anything else to say, and I'd say, good night, Lord, to go to bed. But I just kept praying. And every day, morning and night, I was praying and seeking God. There were days that I would fast and asking God to do something, basically asking God to do something in my life. You, 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 you can't imagine all the things as I was praying about, I asked God to help me. And I gave God all these good ideas that I had. And they were good. I mean, I said, God, here's something I could do.
1: I love the international
0: churches. You know, and I'm so concerned about missions. I, I thought I could go spend international church. Pastors have to go home and they have to itinerate. Sometimes they have to go for medical issues. Sometimes they need like a two or three month furlough. I can go fill in for those international pastors and Lord and when they come back, they'll have a good church solid in the word and they'll be blessed and they'll take over and go back on. I, I can could, I could fill in the international churches one after the other. I thought it'd be great to spend a couple of months in Rome, maybe maybe two or three months in Vienna, a little bit of time in Brussels, maybe maybe some time in Madrid. I preached in several of those churches and I just got the idea and the Simons of God has a program for that. I thought well, that would be great. And then I thought, all these churches that don't have service on Sunday night, if we had a spark of revival and the revival spirit came and and the power of God was moving in the manifestation of his presence, we could have a lot of revival in in Sunday night church. Sunday night church had revivals all over all over the state, all over the area. So when I was praying, I had great expectations. I was really looking for God to do something and The more I prayed, the more those things like that came to mind. And I thought how wonderful this would be. God, I'm ready. As soon as you're ready, I'm ready. And I kept praying. But I was praying for the will of God. You know, sometimes when you're praying for the will of God and you think you know what to pray for, you don't have a clue what God's going to do. You just got to be ready for what, he's, what He wants to do. You got to be prepared for what God says, this is what I want you to do. And then you've got to say, it doesn't matter what I wanted or what I thought. What matters is what God wants. And when he shows me that, that's what I've got to do. So I prayed and saw God. And then along the course of that time in praying, in 2010, still that year, I felt the Lord speak to me the first time in March. I know right the spot in my house where I lived at that time. Right the spot where I was, I could go back there and stand right on that spot again today. And I knew the Lord said to me, I'm changing your life. Well, when I heard that, I got really excited. I thought, well, next, next week or week after that, man, I'm going to see the glory like I've never seen it before. And then in April, the Lord said to me again in the same spot in my house. as I was walking out that little hallway and it stopped me. I'm going to change your life. In fact, I'm doing it right now. Wonderful, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Another time, in May of 2010, I felt the Lord saying the very same thing to me in the very same spot. I'm changing your life, and I'm changing it now. So after three times, I thought, well, there's got to be something to this, Lord. I, I kept telling him, I'm ready. I'm ready. Show me what it is. Show me where you want me to go. Show me what you want me to do. So somewhere along about... July of that year, after May nothing, June, May, June, nothing, about the latter part of July, the section presbyter called me, and he said, would you be able to go over and, or willing to go over and fill in at Orange Park, the pastor has resigned and moved away, we don't have anybody to preach there, and I said, well, sure, I'll go fill in. Now, I'm not identifying anything God has told me with what, is happening now at that point. I'm not putting those two things together. So I went over and preached. that First time on Wednesday night, the last Wednesday night of July, I preached in in the old church on Kingsley Avenue. And then I I was back the following Sunday, which was August the 1st. preached there. Then on Friday night, Carolyn and I had our 50th wedding anniversary. And I went back on, that was the 6th of August. Then the 8th of August, I went back to the church and preached again on that Sunday morning. That was two Sundays I'd been there. And then that that week, after uh, I'd preached there twice and then on Wednesday night, that week the presbyter called me again and asked me if, if they hadn't found anybody yet, would you be willing to go on back and preach next Sunday on the 15th? And I said, sure, I will. I didn't have anything else to do. I was going to church somewhere, and I, I, I might as well go preach. And, and you know something? If anybody had asked me to go preach anywhere in those days, I would have said yes. I was so ready to go do something for the Lord. I don't care what it was. So I went over there. Now, when I got there the first time, it was a Wednesday night. I didn't expect many people, and I was not disappointed in my expectations. And, <laughs> I know maybe, maybe eight or ten people there. I don't know. Then on Sunday, it got a lot better. There were 15 or 20. And so after I'd been there that period of time, he, 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 and I did that third time, that 15th of August, he met, called me and asked me if he could meet with me that week, he wanted to talk with me. I said, sure. So we met, he asked me to meet about Starbucks, not far from where I lived, at the corner of Atlantic Boulevard and Hodges Boulevard in Jacksonville. So I met him there and he said, how do you like those people at Orange Park? I said, they're just, they're great. They're wonderful. Fine people. He said, well, they really like you too. I said, I'm thinking something's coming here now. He said, how would you feel about going over there and staying until we find somebody, because we haven't found anybody yet. So now, sometimes, I know you don't know this about me, but sometimes I can be a little bit smart-alecky. You know? I, I, I try to contain myself all the time, especially when I'm around you. But. So I was, I was in that kind of a mood that day. So he said, how would you feel about going over there and preaching? Safely? I said, well, I'm going to go to church somewhere, always do. And if I'm going to listen to somebody preach, I, I might well hear me as anybody. In fact, I said, sometimes I prefer that. So I said, that was my way of saying, yeah, I'll go fill in until you find somebody. Well, I think that was a signal. I don't know. Nobody's ever told me. I think that was a signal to stop looking. They had me on the hook, and so they didn't, didn't matter if we found anybody else. I guess they were going to wait till I told them I wouldn't go back. Anyway, never heard any more about it from anybody officially. So I went back, and suddenly I started preaching at Orange Park Assembly of God on Kingsley Avenue. And it was a good experience. It was it, The people were precious. And we started to grow. We had, from, from about 15, we grew up, you know, we got up to 20, 25. Sometimes we'd have a few visitors come in. We got to, th- days we'd even have 30. I mean, that, was, that was, looked like a really good thing when we got that far, you know. And, and a few people, but nothing happened. Now, I had great expectations because of all God had told me and God was dealing with me about. And the things that I thought God was going to do, my expectations were high. And I could not understand why, week after week and month after month, I was still preaching there, that little old church, to that little old congregation of maybe a double handful of people and a few extra ones. I couldn't understand why God still kept me there preaching to those people. Nothing wrong with the people. It was a good spirit in the church like there is here. And it was a wonderful thing in that respect. But my expectations were higher than that. You understand that what I believed and what I thought was not what God had planned and what God wanted to do. And God needed to get me ready for what he wanted to do, not what I wanted to do. So I waited, and I prayed, and I kept praying, and I kept praying. And the more I prayed, I started finally to begin feeling rather gloomy about it. I was getting a little bit discouraged because time kept passing. And from that time in August, July, August, it went on over onto the end of the year, rolled on over into the next year, 2011, and I was still January, February, March, preaching to the same people, the same little knot of people. Um, some of you are still here. Uh, I'm saying this in the kindest of ways. <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with the people. It had to do with the number of people, the amount of people. I, I couldn't see the value of what I was doing. And I really began to get complaining to God about it. Lord, you've got to do something about this. We, we, we need a breakthrough of some kind. So on May the 15th, Sunday morning, you go back in your calendar, in 2011, May the 15th was on a Sunday. So I got down on my knees in my office at home, we're still living in Jacksonville, I got down on my on my knees in the office to pray and seek God for the morning service. Carolyn was still getting ready and we had a point of time that we said we have to leave here by this point, the very last minute that we could leave and still get to church on time and that's what we did every Sunday. Made it on time, just as we were getting ready to start. So I was praying until that time to use it until we got ready to leave. While I was down in my office, on my knees, seeking God, I began to weep before the Lord. And now, I don't know how God moves on you, but when God's getting ready to do something, He just kind of puts my spirit in a place by weeping, crying, praising God, knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is moving. So I'm still there on my knees. I just, I heard as clearly as I've ever heard the Lord speak. It's been all of my life I heard the Lord speak clearly. And I know he said to me, your long, dark night is over. The sun, and I could see Jesus. I don't mean he was there. I mean, it was in my mind I saw the sun, not the the S-O-N sun. The sun is shining on you now. And I thought, oh, praise God. Glory to God. And I praise the Lord. And then when Carolyn came out, we were ready to leave for church. I was driving over. We got about halfway here. I told her what I experienced that morning. And I said, I feel like I've just got to preach on this this morning. She said, well, preach on it. It's not that simple. I have nothing to say. All I know is your long night is over. The sun is shining on. That's all I know. So I decided, though, I was going to do that because I knew that God had spoken to me. I got there that Sunday morning, had nothing prepared to preach. I told the people I had a sermon prepared, but God had spoken to me to give them a different message. And I preached that message. I listened to it again this week. I surprised myself by hearing it again. Because I did preach your long dark night is over. Sometimes I said in that message your long, is almost over. And that's not what God said. But I I was assimilating it all, putting it all together. And And as I said that, I don't think I ever said but one time, this church's long, dark night is over. But later on, during the week after that, I began to realize this was actually a prophetic message for the church. It wasn't just for me. It was a prophetic message for that church, and I didn't deliver it that way. We did begin to talk about it and discuss it, that, that this you'd have to know, I'm not taking time to go back and tell you the history of the church that had come about at that time. But when I first came there, for months I preached on restoration and love, fellowship, forgiveness. Because that's what the church needed. That's all that church needed at that time. Because it had been such a horror story leading up to that. Not the last two or three years, but what had caused the harm in that church, the, the heartbreak that had come because of the failure, because men failed, their leadership failed, they fell into sin, and God's judgment came on the place. And people didn't know that it was lifted, that God's judgment was lifted. So I was preaching restoration and faith and uplift and love and forgiveness, and I looked back in the messages at that time, that's what it was about. I preached several times, be restored in fellowship, restored in love. Because God was doing the work, and doing the work that maybe most of us, and certainly not I, did not understand that he was doing a mighty work in that time. So so I, I, when I heard that, I really took it, because I'd become so discouraged over those recent months, I took it as God lifting me up. And it was partly that. I know it was because I really felt buoyant in the spirit after that. So we moved with God, and and, 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 and and here's what happened. May the 15th, when God spoke these words, Then after that, Pentecost Sunday came on June the 12th. So three Sundays in between and then Pentecost Sunday. We were inviting people to come to church, had a program to invite people to come, and we were hoping we'd get a few more people in. That morning, when I preached that message on May the 15th, that the Lord had told me my long dark night was over, the sun is shining on me now. When I preached that message, there were 34 people in our church for Sunday morning service. <laughs> 34 people. We have almost that many on Tuesday morning prayer now. I, I, sometimes I'll walk into the places and I'll say our men's meeting or I'll say our prayer meeting. I think, boy, this would have been a great Sunday morning congregation all those years ago. And I thank God for what he's done when I do that. I praise God for how he's moved us so far in the direction he's brought us. On that Pentecost Sunday, June the 12th, three weeks later, there were 119 people in our church. I I was astonished. I'm not saying that's a huge number of people, small compared to things today. But in those days, it was a miracle. 35 40 people was the most I'd ever seen in that church on Sunday morning and now God had brought 119 people there not all of them stayed but enough came along afterwards with them to stay so that we never had less attendance than that that 119 was the lowest attendance we ever had as years went on we never fell back. God just moved us forward and he's continued to send people many of you God has sent and this is a this is what maybe 35, 40 percent, 30 percent of our normal congregation, who, who, which will be back, will be back. When we get our eyes off this pandemic and get our eyes on glory and God and the cross and the power of God, this is where we want to be. And I know all of you have said this morning already, this is where you want to be. Thank God you're here. You're happy to be here. You rejoice to be here. But it's different under this circumstance. But I'm just saying that, Through all of that time and through these years, God has continued to grow us and strengthen us, has built us into a strong, strong church based on the right principles of the Word of God, standing in truth and for truth, and God's helped us. In those days, we started with one missionary, I think. Now we support multiple missionaries every month. We give to missions because we give 10% of the tithes and offerings of this church. By faith, we do that. We give it because we believe that's God's plan and God's work for us. It's God's intention for us. So, so now I'm at, so now I'm at uh, I'm at uh, First Assembly. Back it wasn't First Assembly in that days. We didn't know what the name of it was because they had closed the church theoretically, and just letting it hang on because some people said if you don't, we can't come to the Sims of God Church and we'll just go somewhere else. They just they let it hold on. Who knows why? Now I can see why. They didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what what they were doing. But now I see why. God had a plan. God had a plan for this church. God had a plan for right here, this place, this time, this now. God had a plan. Just like God put together our streaming service in one week time, almost a miraculous thing that we started streaming when we knew that we were in this pandemic and people couldn't thoroughly, completely feel free to come to church. God opened up that door and made it happen for us with a lot of work a lot of effort, but all this church has come about. It's come about by the grace and the power of God, but it's come about by a lot of effort, a lot of work, and a lot of prayer as well. And you've been a part of that. And thank God for that. So now, I'm, I'm, I'm still, before all this happened, I got a little bit ahead of myself. Before all this happened, right in the early stages of being here, I want to tell you how I know that God put me here in his will. So, so I'm and why my expectations were so high leading up to that time when the Lord spoke to me on that Sunday morning, May the 15th. So I am, I'm standing in a Wednesday night service, and I was telling about hearing God. I was teaching a series, actually, on Wednesday nights on hearing God, or how to hear God. And I said, as I was talking that Wednesday night, I'm standing up with the, the lectern, was actually down on the floor close to the pew, so few people there. And, I, and I, I was talking about hearing God, and I said, I know God can speak to us about what he wants us to do. But I know God spoke to me three times and told me he was changing my life. And because God told me that he was going to do that, I know he's going to do it. God's going to change my life. And when I said that, I heard the Lord as clearly as anything. I paused. The Lord spoke to me. He said, this is it. I have changed your life. Oh, my God. This is it? (sighs) But it was. That was it. I didn't see all of that that was going to come. I didn't see all of this in this church that that was going to come. I just knew God was at work, and if God was in it, God would do something great. God would build what he wanted to build, and God would build his kingdom. God was doing the work, and I was willing to be a part of that and wanted to be a part of it. So time went on. I will tell you, those, those months between starting and getting to May the 15th of 2011 were difficult but months. Difficult part of two years. They were difficult months, difficult weeks, struggling times. As I battled the will of God trying to know what it was God wanted me to do because I couldn't believe that was all there was to it. And thank God it wasn't. That wasn't all there was to it. After he came and said to me, "He's the long night is over, and turned that all around, God's done a miracle work day by day and step by step. And I want to tell you this, friends. I said something like that some days back then, but I want to tell you this right now. Those days of God's working miracles are not over. God is still working in this church. God is still working His will in this place because we've given it over to Him. God is still doing a mighty work. I have seen many miracles of healing in my life of ministry. But I have seen two of the greatest miracles of healing in this church that I've ever seen and experienced in my life. Instantaneously, God has done miracles. And God's not through yet. This is only the beginning. God has a plan that's greater than we can see. Just like from the beginning, he had a greater plan than I could see than we could see at that time. He's done more and did more. At that, in those days following that, your long, dark night is over experience, he's did more things and those you than all the time before that. In the years passing, God has done so many great things for this church. If you want to know the history of this church, we'd have to take a lot of time to tell it to you. But just just for one thing, how we got here where we are in this place. That's, That's a story of God's hand, like God putting his hand on his people to lead them out of the wilderness across the Jordan into the promised land. That was God moving us from where we were to this place. And he is not through with what he's going to do in this place right now yet. We're going to hear and hear very soon that God has done another miracle in a mighty way. He's answered prayer, and we're going to be blessed by it, and we're going to have the victory by it, and we're going to stand up and praise God because of what he's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I think I could probably preach another 30 minutes. But I'm not going to because I've said what I need to say. So when you said what you need to say, it's time to stop, right? So I've said what I need to say. Stand up with me, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have have gone back to this place more times than I can tell you. This place of that Sunday morning around 9 o'clock on Sunday morning as I was praying, I've gone back to that place many, many times over the years that have passed since then. I've reminded myself what the Lord said, how he said it so clearly, and how it proved to be so true. Your long dark night is over. We've lived in victory. We've walked in victory in this church. And when we came to when we came to the obstacle that was too big for us to cross, to pass, to get through, to get beyond, when the obstacle came up, God has always moved it. So that we could move right on through. Like he opened up the Red Sea for the Israelites, he's opened up the seas for us. He's moved the mountains for us. He's moved the obstacles that would have stopped us and allowed us to keep on going. And he's still doing that today. He's still doing that today. I think, do you know Pentecost Sunday is two weeks away? Pentecost Sunday this year is May 31st, which is very early for Pentecost Sunday. But Easter was early this year, and Pentecost Sunday is based on when Easter, the resurrection, 50 days after that, Pentecost Sunday. So this year, it's May the 31st. I I think we ought to have some great Pentecostal experience, presence, service on, on Pentecost Sunday. I think, I think we ought to say to all the people who have not come back yet out of the pandemic, May 31st is the Sunday of victory. May 31st is the victorious time. If you want to get in on the victory, you'll be here May 31st. God's going to move. He's moving today. Do you believe it? He's moving today, and thank God for it. But God's going to do some great, great things in the days ahead. Do you believe it? Amen. Yes, you do. I do, too. We'll share them together, and we'll walk in the victory of the will of God. Hallelujah.